Broadcasting Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good Monday. Happy Thanksgiving week. Hope you had a great weekend. It is my honor to be with you. Appreciate you listening. I'm Jeff, Director Matthew, sitting in for T. Lizzie, who's under the weather today. And I said, you keep your sick ass away from me. That's how that's going to work. By the way, you want to find us on Twitter, at Jay Cameron Show. But in a good mood, people probably feeling it right now. It is good to be with you. By the way, thanks for watching on War Chant TV. Thanks for listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Schedule this week is is pretty normal for at least us in the broadcast business. It's Florida week. I mean, you got to get excited about this. Florida State has an opportunity to be bowl eligible. Man, we'll get into this at length in a moment. But just so you know, normal show today. Some of the headlines tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Cameron show on Wednesday, no Thursday show for Thanksgiving, be back at it on Friday. So an opportunity to do uh, pretty much a normal week as we get set for uh, a rivalry game against Florida that has new implications. Always a big deal, but it's especially a big deal now as uh, we look at what Florida State has done with the second half of this season. And uh, for me, I, I think it is overwhelming evidence yet again um, that this is a group that is worth your admiration and worth your support and worth maybe heading down to Gainesville if you were thinking about it, right? I hear you can get tickets on the open market pretty easily right about now. Probably something that uh, maybe you pull the trigger on if you hadn't made a trip down to Gainesville over the years. This might be one uh, to be in attendance for as uh, these are two programs moving in opposite directions as uh, Florida State, Remained invested. Let's talk big picture, shall we, with the win over Boston College. Obviously, Florida State could not have started this game any better. They go up there and absolutely dominate the first half in a way that is overwhelming. Boston College did zilch in that first half, and it was because of Florida State's front four and really a great offensive script to start the game. Everything about the way this game started answered the questions that we had before the game. And the questions that we had going up to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College was, can you extricate yourself from the euphoria and the moment, the feather in the cap, the signature win over your rival in taking down the Hurricanes? You're an underdog in that game. You come back late in that game, so it's dramatic in every way possible, it's emotional, and you get that victory that gives you a chance now over the last two weeks of the season to perhaps fight all the way back from 0-4 to get to bowl eligibility. But you wonder that that lingering sense of uh, 
uh, of, of satisfaction of having accomplished something? Is that something you're mature enough? I, I at the time I described it uh, the way they do in professional football. You know, can you go make a business trip? Can you go up there and put this in the rear view and get locked in on an opponent that, frankly, you're an underdog against, and I think for good reason, um, and in that if you don't play well, you can get beat by. And we wanted to know, would they be able to do that? And, and my prediction was 34-24 to 24 to State. I think it was well on its way to being a lot uglier than that. I think Florida State could have run away with this game. A lot of factors there. I think we all know what I'm inferring um, when I say a lot of factors, I'll get to it in a moment. But I, I would say that the answer was a resounding yes. A resounding yes. Um, that they were prepared. That they were mentally focused. That they were locked in. That they were ready to play football. And they brought it. They showed up to Boston College with a whole bunch of what for in store and they hit and they hit early and they hit hard and they hit repeatedly as um, Djokovic took an ass beating in that first half. I mean a thorough ass beating. That guy is tough because there were many a moments that I thought, well, he's concussed. He's got to be concussed. His head bounced off that turf so many times in the first half. You'd have thought it was a basketball game and his head was the ball. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I found myself just salivating. I was sitting there yelling, hit him again. Step on his hand. Oh, I was feeling it. And so it was um, it was glorious because that is how you come out and establish and set a tone. And, uh, you know, again, to, to his credit, that young man kept fighting, kept fighting and did not have his best day at the office, to say the least. But nonetheless... Uh, he was he was there. He was he was surviving long enough to to you know keep his team in the game, and as we saw in the third quarter, some things would transpire that allow that to happen. Um, so at the end of the day, you get up there and you do establish yourself, and you do end up um, you know announcing your presence with authority, and then some weird things began to happen, and it was so frustrating to watch. Um, to watch officials, I, I think, you know, I know what a lot of people insinuate, infer, or say directly, especially in the throes of getting uh, absolutely um, jobbed time and again on calls, it, you, it leads one to, I guess, think that the fix is in or that there is some sort of malicious intent. I don't think it's that. I think it's incompetence. I think it's gross incompetence. I think it is... Uh, time and again, proof that this league has got to do a better job with its officiating crews. We've seen this. We know this. It's uh, in my mind um, when I and I watch a ton of college football, uh, not just because I love the sport, just like you guys do, but I got to talk about a lot of teams for the college sports book. I've got to go through and 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 talk to people in other regions of the country who cover teams from around the country and other conferences. And I'm telling you, it does not feel like there is any group more incompetent as a league than ACC officials. And what's upsetting is I think this group, and this is the second time I've seen this, they got caught. It happens in basketball a lot. If you watch a lot of basketball, you know that because the game is so quick, a lot of times guys blow the whistle uh, 
and, and make certain assumptions about what's about to transpire. So it's sort of bang, bang. They think this guy's about to charge, but they don't realize he's got body control, otherworldly body control, and they blow the whistle, and they've already called the charge, and yet in the moment you realize it, when you see it, it's not, and you know they can't go back and undo it. So you ought to wait for the actual act to happen before you throw the flag in this case. They 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 got caught throwing flags for things they thought they saw, but not things that they actually saw. And and, and it started right from the beginning with Jordan Wilson. I mean, you're going to call offensive pass interference because you looked up and saw a guy, a defender in the area stumbling. Not because you saw Jordan Wilson push off. Not because you saw him commit the foul you're about to call him for, but because you think that's what happened. You think, oh, that guy's wide the hell open, and that other defender is stumbling. He must have pushed off. I better throw the flag. That's not how it works, my man. That's not how it works. You can't make those sorts of assumptions. And it started right then and there from the jump that that's what they were going to do. And you saw it time and again. The rest of the afternoon, well, I think he's probably interfering. Well, he's going to interfere. Well, threw the flag. That's not interference, my man. It's not. And he saw a lot of that, too. Think about the um, kick-catch interference call there. And, I mean, they allowed a kid to sell it to him. The guy who throws the flag isn't even in position, first of all. Secondly, he throws it solely because the kid looks at him and puts his arms up. Man, again, assuming some things that you didn't actually see is not the impetus for throwing a flag. And we see it all the time. Schools, uh, look, any sideline play, the entire bench jumps up and flips out. And officials time and again throw that flag, assuming there must have been something. Now, I may not have seen anything. It may look worse than it is because they're sliding 10 feet out of bounds on the opposing bench, and I'm worried we're going to have a problem. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw this flag. It's the same with the targeting calls all the time, too. It's insane. They've got to revisit this rule. It's a bastardization of football. Uh, it's an overreach in football. You're kicking kids out of games for nonsense. You're assuming intent. You're asking officials to do that. It's nuts. I mean, if you're if you're Robinson, there's a real good chance you're going to get trucked on that play if Djokovic doesn't decide to slide. And you can't know in an instant that that's what he's going to do. He's a big guy. You're not nearly as big. You're going to go low immediately. Low man wins, always, so you're going to go low. You begin the process of getting down because you don't want to get trucked. And we've all been trucked. If you've played football, it sucks. It's embarrassing and it hurts. So you get low. And now at the last second, my man wants to slide. Okay, this is what we're doing here? And you're going to throw me out? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to spend the rest of the day on it, but it was atrocious. And obviously, you've got to send those calls. You've got to send those plays to the league office. It nearly cost you the game. Now, BC did make some nice adjustments. But again, I want to talk about how you go up and play a football game and put yourself in a position. We both know, we all know, in all likelihood, they probably should have romped in a big way. A more mature, a deeper, more talented uh, team Probably does. Now, I'm not knocking us here because I do think some of what allowed BC to be in this game is the aforementioned officiating. But I will say that 
when you have a depth of talent and size and speed in which you can overcome penalties, we see it all the time, some of the best teams in the country are also the most flagged, um, then you overcome it and you end up running away and hiding in the way that we wanted to. This should have been a rocking chair game. But what it does tell me is that Florida State, and again, not getting bogged down with all the calls, which we have talked about, and I think most of the weekend all of us have, have vented to varying degrees, but there's a physicality that this defense is playing with now that they weren't earlier in the season, and they're in position. They make plays. They fight. Negative plays do not affect them for the next play and the play after and the play after that. They pick themselves back up. They're relentless. And at the end of the day, you got to make a play. You've got to you got to survive the trek. You've got to find a way with your back up against it to get a stop. And they do again. And they did that against Miami late. They did it against Syracuse late. They did a lot of things that show their guts, and they're eminently likable because of it. And now, after a disastrous 0-4 start, there they sit with an opportunity to go bowling if you can beat a a, a Florida team that obviously. Uh, to say they're going through a, a spate of adversity is uh, <laughs> is is uh, putting it mildly. They fire their coach. I'll get into that in a second. It's also a reminder of how quickly things can change. Uh, Andrea Adelson tweeted it out over the weekend. The most stable team in the state is, you guessed it, Florida State University. Who would have guessed it after an 0-4 start? You think about losing to Jacksonville State. You think about where Miami's program was thought to be going into the season. You think about where Florida was to start the year. This close to beating Alabama, rising in the ranks to up to number 10. They're on the cusp of you know perhaps uh, challenging Georgia in the East. Everybody's starting to think, okay, well, they've got – in the wings, an elite quarterback. They've got a, a season on hand here that should net them 10 wins. And just like that, fast forward barely a month and a half, and that dude is out on his ass, and they're 5 and 6 and scrambling. It's crazy how quickly it all changes. And it's why from week to week, you got to read between the lines. Um, you got to, you know, it's a little bit less about the standard result. Results matter. I mean, when you're on four, it's certainly. You know, when you when you're on four, those results are real. They're palpable. You were there. You saw them. They elicited those emotions. It does suck. It does count. Yeah, that's true. But you kind of constantly want to weed through all of that beyond just the results and say, are they getting better? Are there areas where we can see they're getting better? Where they're a little unlucky here? Are they still bought in? Are they listening? Are they playing and fighting for one another? Are they doing those things? And the answer was yes. Even at 0-4, it was still yes. It remained yes, time and again. And when you saw that. You thought, okay, I want something good to happen to this group because they are fighting for one another. They have bought in. Those coaches are coaching their ass off. This has to turn. They just need, remember remember what I said, they just need traction. They just got to get a little bit of traction. And you never know where it's going to come from. You never know the spark. You never know the moment. But if you get it and you can cling to it and you can build on it, you might turn this thing in the right direction. And boy, have they turned it in the right direction. And I'll just say this again. I want to beat Florida as much as anybody. Of course you do. You want to end these losing streaks? Imagine it. At the end of this year, if you go down to Gainesville this weekend and you get that win, you sweep your arch rivals in the state. You're in a better position from a recruiting standpoint than either of those two schools. You started 0-4 and, and you'll be 6-6. Six and six. Yes, you'll be the most stable. You'll have the most amount of momentum. You're going to sign the best class in the group. And you have a chance going into the next season with real belief to try to get to 8-10 to 10 wins, and we're on our way. And it already feels like it, doesn't it? It already does. This turnaround from 0-4 to 5-6 and 6 
already senses or portends of really good things to come. Maybe not as immediate as we want it because they're going to have holes to fill. There's that group up front that dominate football games right now on the defensive line. You're going to have to replace a lot of those guys. That is easier said than done, right? You're going to have to hit again in the transfer portal. You're going to have to get uh, certain guys that are on the roster right now to take a big step forward. Some of them are. Malcolm Ray and guys like that are beginning to take that step forward. So, you're going to need some things to happen to kind of launch you to that place where you can compete in the Atlantic to win uh, the ACC and, and go to an ACC championship game. And it may happen sooner than we thought possible because of the transfer portal. It may. Um, but, I, I, again, it already feels like a monster step forward has, has taken place. You know it and I know it. You know when you watch that product, you know when you watch that team – that they're buttoned up, they're well coached. Are they perfect? No, no such thing. They're going to make mistakes. They've got areas in which they're lacking. Some of it's a talent deficiency, and that's where recruiting classes and transfer portal and all that stuff and development, of course, uh, continues to be key. But they that, that the game plan. You go back and look at the game plan these last few weeks. You look at what they're able to do with less offensively, how they stick to it. You look at this script to start this game. You look at defensively what they did. Good for you, Adam Fuller, breaking the rock. That was a guy that looked like he was destined to be fired. You're not firing Adam Fuller now. They're playing for that guy. And you look at Ira and I were talking yesterday on the Sunday Smash, which we had to do a special noon edition. Both of us had he had to travel from Boston. I had a previous engagement as well. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, go to Warchant TV. Go to Warchant.com. You'll see it. Click on it. Watch it. It's fun. We had a conversation about this, though. Uh... You know, th- that group reacts to Adam Fuller now in a way, you know, when you watch teams that are, are well-coached and you watch coordinators that connect with their players and get guys to buy in and then execute, right? Execution is pretty key because all these guys know the game. Can you get kids to understand what you know and execute it, implement the game plan, right? When that starts to happen and when you go through adversity together and you hit rock bottom like you do at the end of a Jacksonville State game, there's only one way you're going to go, right? If you believe in each other, if you're still bought in, it, it would be up. You can't get worse than that. Or it could go the other way and you tune a guy out and then it's over. He's done. Somebody's got to go. That's the end of it, as they just saw in Gainesville, where they tune guys out and decide, uh, I'm not playing for you. Well, they never did that, right? They stayed hard. They stayed true. They stayed tough. They did all those things. And now the grand reward is after that game, that guy's smashing the rock, and look at the players around him. Look at the defensive players on that, in that grouping. Look at, the, look at their reaction to their coach. And I know that when we watch college football and you see teams that are upwardly mobile or playing very well, consistently so, but especially the teams that are turning the corner. You can always tell those teams that are, uh, you got to watch them, they're on the way. They've got some things going. And they got to get better people, got to get a better depth of talent, but they believe in that guy, they're buying it, right? So when you see that, you're always envious of that if you don't have it. You're like, God, I want that so bad. I want to be what they have right now. I want to see this through. So we're, we're that. There it is. Yeah, we're that right now. We, there, there are teams in particular, Miami and the University of Florida, who would love to have this kind of synergy, this kind of belief, this kind of momentum moving forward, both in recruiting and obviously in execution, the way they're playing. By the way, I'll just say this, Matthew, and I bring it up all the time. Are all whites, are white on whites on the road? Woo, woo. That is what you do, baby. That is a gorgeous look. It's regal. 
We get a lot wrong with this damn uniform, but that is right. That's what's right. White on white with that garnet, forget about it. Love it. We'll hear uh, from Mike Norvell here in a moment, but first let's uh, step aside, come back, get caught up. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk State one win away from going to a bowl, and I don't know that uh, in the illustrious history of Florida State football, there would be a bowl that we cherish much more than this one. Isn't that odd? Isn't it odd, the circumstances and what you overcome and how you arrive at your destination? All of it plays into that, and if it were to happen, I think we would embrace this bowl at a level that we embrace some of the uh, New Year's Day bowls, right? I mean, it's... it's um, it's amazing to think about. I just, it's it's such a likable team. I, even some of the guys that have had less than flattering moments, um, you know, where they've perhaps not uh, been at their best, or uh, really there was a matchup that uh, they didn't live up to or were incapable of winning. Even those guys are guys that you like because the fight's there, because the effort's there, because they care. You know, sometimes if you're just not good enough, you're not good enough. You see guys get whipped. See any tackle in the ACC attempting to block Jermaine Johnson. It's not that that kid, quote-unquote, sucks. It's just Jermaine Johnson's really good. Really good. Ryan, we will roll on over to the Shreve, baby, if that's where we end up. Uh, <laughs> I will make my way to Shreveport, and I never thought I'd say that. Never thought I'd say aloud. Gonna hop in the car, babe. Head over to Shreveport. Do it up. <laughs> you know, before we play Coach Norvell, I just want to tell you it was a good weekend for yours truly. Mm, glorious weekend. My Utes roll big, basically undress. And emasculate Cristobal in Oregon. That was humiliating. Just not physical. Cameron Rising, the quarterback at uh, Utah, is a kid that has made all the difference. And for a guy who told you preseason that I had a little Utah Pac-12 South championship riding on the line at plus 600, 
Is Cashman? I'm getting a little nervous on my Georgia plus 800 uh, wager that I had in the offseason to win the national championship. Somebody would say, why are you nervous about that? Ohio State, I'm starting to get a little concerned that that's a game. That's a game. Uh, it should be a fun one. That's going to be your matchup, by the way. I believe that. Uh, well, good. Yeah, there you go, Abdel. You're welcome. Yes. ETSU, baby. I see that, too. I'll get to all you guys. All right, Mike Norvell. Let's hear from uh, the head coach. He said a lot of things today, uh, one of which was it's really cool that the players, the defensive players, went to him, to, to my point a moment ago, and wanted Adam Fuller to break the rock. Now, that's awesome. That is really cool. To have players go and lobby on your behalf, that's awesome. And then here you go. This is uh, this is him and the rivalry with Florida. The very first day of fall camp, I talk about two teams. I talk about Miami and I talk about this one. And everybody wants to win this game because it will be a game that is remembered for the rest of your life. Regardless of who the coach is, regardless of what this at, it does not make it what was the outcome. And everything that you do throughout the course of the season is going to prepare you for the moment. And you've either done the job, you've learned from the experiences, and you go apply it for 60 minutes during that game, or you don't. And you have to live with the results. And so do I want our guys to, to be at an all-time high come Saturday? Absolutely. Because I know, I know what this game means. And if you don't get up for this one, then go somewhere else. Go do something else, because it is not for you. Right, but you watch, you watch the history, you watch tradition, you know what it means to the university, you know what it means to the fan base. Man, this is why you play. This is why you coach, and it's to get guys for this moment. But everything we've done up to this point has prepared us. We'll either take advantage of it or we won't. Well, here's the thing. They'll, they'll be ready to play, and they'll be sky high, and they've been that way every week. And they have been uh, a team that uh, at times, you know, <laughs> dealt with stuff that you thought it, you'd never see a Florida State team have to deal with, like the Jacksonville State game. But they have it hasn't been for uh, a lack of effort. It hasn't been for want to, a lack of want to, right? They'll have a whole bunch of what for prepared as they head to Gainesville to take on this Florida bunch. And I never know what to think in these situations. you got one program that looks like they're on the come, another program that obviously is in disarray in the need of hiring a new coach. Uh, there are distractions galore is my point. But when you have a rivalry game, you really don't know. I, I said it last week. I'll say it again here. Chin check early. Let's go. Chin check early. Um, and, and I think, again, uh, let's see how much they want to be there. I've been a part of, I've been down on the field for and covered the Florida State-Florida game for over 20 years. And there have been moments in this rivalry where one program was way up here, another was way down here, or one was going through something uh, and another was feeling good about itself. And you thought one way about the game, that it wouldn't be good, and it turned out to be good. Other times you went into a game and thought that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not real sure that this team wants to be here, and they proved they didn't because within a few minutes of uh, the, the the aforementioned chin check, they backed down. So I'll test it right here. I'd test it early. You want to be here? You willing to fight on every play? You going through the motions, or are you you balling today? You balling today? Because you can tell. You can tell. I know Florida State's going to show up. If Florida shows up, you got a war because they got good players. If Florida shows up and cares, you, you you probably got a problem because they've got good players. Now I'm saying you can't win, 
I can't gauge. I, I can't get a feel for what they're going to do. That's the hard part here. I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think it goes without saying Florida State's going to show up because that's what they've done. And that's they've built themselves to a point where you can just assume. You can just assume every Saturday that Florida State's going to show up and play football. Now, they got to get better where you can start assuming wins. That happens. But it starts with making sure that uh, the requisite effort and focus and toughness is there every Saturday. Well, that, that's there. I think we've checked those boxes for good. Preston asks, Jeff, when the team doesn't suck anymore, will you interview Coach Norvell on Mondays like you did Jimbo and Willie? Um, yeah, hey, listen, so that's not a matter of him not wanting to come on. There were some other things that ended up happening there. I, I Coach Norvell and I have a good working relationship. Uh I, I, you know, obviously, I spoke to him before the start of the season. I've spoke to him during the season. Uh, Mike's very open with the press, as you well know. It's not like unique to me. He talks to everybody uh, that covers the team on a daily basis. He's very open uh, about the way he runs his program. It's one of the things that I really appreciate about him. By the way, it also is always a good sign when a coach has a system and a staff in place that he believes in and a methodology that he believes in and he wants to highlight that and his players and he welcomes the press in and says, take a look around, shine the lights. You want to see how we do things? Well, practice is open. You want to ask me a question about a player or a situation? Feel free, ask away, I'll answer it. I'll give you the best answer I can. Well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign because certainly it's a guy who has confidence and let's be honest, if you're going to coach at an elite level at an institution like Florida State University, you better damn well believe in what you believe is your overriding principle, right? Whatever it is that you believe uh, about running a program, it has to be on display and you have to believe in it. And it can't be that false nonsense that I say this thing and then I don't follow up and act on it. Kids see through it instantly. That's how you lose kids. That's how locker rooms become toxic. That's how what happens in Gainesville happened in Gainesville. That guy, I mean, think about think about this right now. I know we got to get a break. We'll go to break in a second. So you think about this: Florida loses to Missouri, and they say Strickland ends up saying, "Screw it, that's it." I, you know, he's got to go. They're five and six, and here we are. So Dan Mullen had two AP top seven finishes in four seasons, produced the winningest first thirty-five games of any coach in school history, won the East Division title in twenty twenty, and then obviously pushed Alabama to the brink, both in the championship game and then this year. He agrees to a three-year contract extension in last May and then turns around and goes 2-9 and nine against Power 5 opponents in his last 11. Puts together poor recruiting classes and, you know, 34 and 15 is not great and they have to make a move. But it's a $12 million buyout for a guy that was right there, right there, just like that. Now, for him, it's a kiss-my-ass-on-main-street moment. Any coach that gets a, a, a bunch of money as in millions of dollars to not work, good deal if you can get it. They were ranked 13th in the preseason. They moved up to 10th after that Alabama game in which they outgained Bama 440-331, to 31-29 loss. They moved to 3-1 and by killing Tennessee. We all just assume they'd win 10 games, right? But they get beat 20-13 to 13 against Kentucky, somehow lose 49-42 to a listless LSU team and Ed Orgeron, who had already been fired. 
Georgia uh, humiliates them in the span of about two minutes at the end of uh, the second quarter. Now, there's no shame in that. Georgia has pounded everybody. But when you're on the heels of those other losses, you could sense the, the ship was sinking. Um, and then, of course, it didn't do anybody any good at Florida, and certainly not Dan Mullen, that on the one hand, Kirby Smart's asked about recruiting and spends uh, you know, 15 minutes uh, with a soliloquy about the importance of recruiting and how much he loves it and how it's everything in his life. <laughs> and then Dan Mullen's over here like, yeah, you know, recruiting. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's not recruiting season, buddy. What? It was like in that moment, the die was cast. In that moment, when he stutter-effed his way and was dismissive about recruiting, and they were in the throes of those performances, those losses, those embarrassing moments, I guarantee you anybody in the room right then and there went, oh, no, well, we're done here, guys. That's going to be about it. That's going to be about it here. That's a wrap. My man just fired himself at the dais. Just announced to the world, I'm out, guys. This recruiting game ain't for me. Good, good. Have a good one, you goofball. Jeff Cabbage, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Looking for a great deal on fast, reliable home internet? Switch to Xfinity for a great low price of $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year contract. Or did you know you may be eligible to qualify to get free internet for a limited time through the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program? That's right. You could qualify for free internet and get equipment included at no extra cost while this temporary program lasts. That's incredible savings on fast, reliable internet. Visit Xfinity.com free to learn more. Ready for even more value? Add Xfinity Mobile and you could save up to $400 a year on your wireless bill. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Ends 12-31-21. Restrictions apply. New Connect Internet customers only. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. Compares optimized pricing of top carriers. Xfinity Internet required. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Man, Joe Strummer. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Good to be with you. Lost in all this was Florida State delivering an ass-beating last night to the Lions. Sorry about that, boys. That was ugly. I'll touch on it because we got more basketball tonight. But before I move forward with that, you know, in truth, put a ribbon on this for a moment with the Dan Mullen thing and just, again, evidence of how quickly this thing can all turn on you if you're not buttoned up every single day. In truth, I think we could all admit that he was as good as dead. He was a dead man walking when South Carolina had a third-string quarterback drop two touchdowns on you for a 40-17 to ass beating. That would have been the, okay, we're done here. That, that's the moment. Um, that, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. Um, so, 
here we go. And they've had some decommits already. That's a beautiful thing. Let it happen. Let it happen. Interesting weekend for college football on the whole. Of course, there's the on the whole you guys wanted. My verbal crutch rears its ugly head yet again. But 56-7, to thank you very much. That is a SP-plus effort that uh, is up there with uh, Georgia from earlier this year. Um, that could have been way worse. That could have been one of those moments. Didn't, it sense, didn't you sense in that first half? Like, you know, if they decide to keep their foot on the gas, they could score 100. That, that'll hurt your feelings. I did chuckle at the old 400 yards passing Six touchdowns, two incompletions in the first half. Whoo! 32 of 35 for the game, five for 23 yards or more, 432 yards passing, six touchdowns, all three of the Buckeyes wide receiver trio that makes for the best unit in the game. Olave. Wilson, Jackson, all the, yep, they all had at least 105 yards. All of them got to rest in the second half. It could not have been a better situation and a more resounding performance from Ohio State, who's now going into that game against Michigan with um, a whole lot of what for to them. Um, It's interesting. Bryce Young stays in the Heisman race because while that was happening for C.J. Stroud, he went 31 of 40 for 559 yards and five touchdowns against Arkansas. The the thing that makes you scratch your head here, of course, after we saw what Georgia did to Arkansas earlier this year, is what is happening with Alabama's defense? Because my man Bryce needed all of those 559 yards and touchdowns to have them pull out a victory. Cincinnati got the resounding win. They needed 48-14. to That is as good a performance for Desmond Ritter and Tyler Scott and that crew as you could possibly want. Their total yardage for this game, by the way, for Cincinnati, 544-199. to That is doing some things. Quietly, Notre Dame, 55 to nothing over Georgia Tech. I don't think it's going to work out at Georgia Tech for that guy. I thought it was a good hire at the time. Doesn't feel like it's going to work out. It's not, it's not working out. You know who the quietest good team in football is and who nobody believes in but I think has a real good chance at Bedlam is Oklahoma State. That defense is for real. 23 to nothing over Texas Tech. They gave up 100. Did you see this, Matthew? They gave up 108 yards total. 108 in a football game, a modern football game. I know Texas Tech is an elite, but come on now. 108? Jim Knowles is... uh, Throwing it on the table. Uh, 59-18 to 18 over Maryland. Ears truly told you all to take Michigan and lay that 14-and-a-half and run to the ATM. Speaking of which, some people did. And, uh, hey, glad I could help. We got an email from a guy who parlayed some picks of mine, and uh, it turned out well. Hey, I've lost some for people, too. I'm not trying to say I'm always right. I'm not. I've had a good year. I've had an even better last couple weeks here. That was a good Redemption Thursday run, my friend. I tell you what, because you guys remember last week when I did the Redemption Thursday wagers, and I, I think you uh, took me up on it. I did the six-point te- six teaser pleaser in the NFL, 
and we cruised with New England over Atlanta. That was no problem there. We got that on a Thursday night. Now, the second leg of that six-point teaser pleaser, unless you forget, was the Baltimore-Chicago game. And so there I am on my computer, fresh off of having done the Sunday Smash on Warchant TV with Ira, and sit down, kind of reading, going through the uh, fantasy football news of the day, and they announced Lamar Jackson's not going to play, and I went, well, you don't say. Is that not a running kick to the jewels? Let's see what we do here. And then that game played out that way. Woo-hoo-hoo. I've never loved a backup quarterback more than I love that young man. Baltimore gets the win in the last seconds. That cashes the ticket, and that's what it's about. Glorious. Odds. We'll have odds for you on the uh, hierarchy. Uh, I don't know if you saw Conley's article about this today. Um, if you look at the hypothetical teams, their resumes that might exist two weeks from right now where they might stand in the playoff pecking order, this was the guess from him, 13-0 and Georgia. Georgia and Alabama have been the top two teams in the set of playoff rankings thus far. There's a chance the Crimson Tide will fall behind Ohio State, absolutely. After the way each team played this past Saturday, hypothetical wins over Auburn and Georgia would almost certainly bump them to the top spot, but they're not going to beat uh, Auburn and Georgia playing the way they are. They'll beat Auburn. If Ohio State beats both Michigan and the Big Ten West champion by big margins, they'll sit at two, one would think. You could move this thing all around. It's kind of fun, but it's it's Georgia and everybody else, and, and, and I think that the game you're going to want to see, or the game that we will see ultimately, I think the game that we're going to see is Ohio State and Georgia. All right, I mentioned Florida State basketball got to stay with it here for a moment if you missed it and it's easy to understand how you could have Florida State cruised uh in convincing fashion 73 to 45 that would be the understatement that was an undersized Loyola Marymount team and the Knolls really dominated on defense in this game if you didn't see it Florida State decided to go with a different approach Leonard Hamilton Decided to go with Ngom at the starting center position in the starting lineup. Nahima Cloud, Quincy Ballard off the bench, totaled 33 minutes. That's a lot different than the small ball we've been playing. And it paid dividends on the defensive end. It also freed up Malik Osborne. So Florida State got off to another slow start. They've been doing that a lot lately. We trailed in this game 8-2. We did answer with an 11-0 run. I'll tell you, the better run is um, when we're trailing 14-13, to and we went on a 19-3 to run to take a 32-17 lead at halftime. Uh, it was pretty much over at that point. You get into that second half, there was no letdown for Florida State. They go on a 17 run to come out the gates in the second half. That built the lead to 49-22 to with 15 minutes to play. The game was over. It was just a matter of the final score. And for a lot of you sporting guys and gals out there, you were watching very closely for the number that you gave. At the end, it was a 73-45 ass-beaten. Final stats, Florida State 50%, almost 51% from the floor, 8 of 19 from 3, 7 of 11 from the free throw line, 21 assists, 17 turnovers, too many there. Uh, they did hell hold LMU to 36% from the field, 6 of 22 from beyond the arc, 7 of 16 from the free throw line. Uh, they forced 24 turnovers. Florida State had 14 steals. 
That is domination and points off of turnovers, 33-15. to 15. Uh, And we had balanced scoring. The 45 points given up by Florida State in this game, the fewest that FSU has allowed in a game since the 98-45 to 45 beatdown of Southern Miss at the TLC Double C in December of 2017. Tonight, Missouri, championship game for this uh, tournament. They rallied from 13 down to beat SMU in overtime, 80 to 75 in the semifinals. So Florida State goes into this game three and one. Mizzou three and one. Approximate tip: 8:30 tonight, the Jacksonville Classic, UNF Arena in Jacksonville. It will be televised on CBSSN. It's locally on Xfinity Channel 393. So that's where you'd want to go there. FSU leads the all-time series three games to one, and the three games played in the regular season between 77 and 81 season. Leonard Hamilton, uh, by the way. A significant win, as you well recall, when Michael Porter Jr. was on the team in the NCAA tournament. He's now the starting small forward there in Denver, and Florida State ended up winning that game 67-54. They got out to a huge lead. At one point, we led 42-20. to Remember that game? That was a weird game. We were dominating, and then all of a sudden it got close for a while, and you're like, what the hell is this? Don't do this to me. Why can't we have nice things? Can't I just have a rocking chair game for once? Next thing you knew, it was a six-point game. We ended up cruising. And, of course, then we upset Xavier, as the who was a one seed in that tournament. We won 75-70 in the round of 32. So I always have fond memories, is my point. Uh, even though you wouldn't think of it as a customary rival, it's not. But when we've played Missouri, I feel good about it. feel good about it, especially for that performance. Man, there's just a glow. There's just an afterglow. Just It's nice to cover a team that plays hard, is being rewarded for that effort, for that buy-in that passion, beginning to get more and more confident. You know, you see that play-to-play, down-to-down, quarter-to-quarter. You watch it. They really do. They play with a sense of belief that they didn't have earlier this year, and that's what I think buying in and, and getting up off the mat and getting after it does for you. Yeah, go Utes, James. That's right. They've cashed it. Man, come on in the win. I rolled over Vegas this weekend, guys. You like that gloat after you've had a tough one. Chef Cameron Show, hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.